The views expressed in this program are those of the individual participants and not necessarily those of WVUD or the University of Delaware. WVUD presents Campus Voices, conversations with University of Delaware faculty, staff, and students about their teaching, research, service projects, and other interests. To introduce today's guest, here's your host, Richard Gordon. Thank you very much, Jason. And joining us live in the studio this morning, our guest today is Joan Zakaita. He's the Director of Communications in the Office of the University Provost. Thanks so much for coming in. Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I knew you were up early when we were tweeting back and forth <laughs> to each other before 6.30. Hey. Um, you're here to talk with us this morning about a really important campaign that the university has started. Yep. Um, it started in December. Um, hashtag Voices of UDEL. What is this campaign and what is it all about? Well, uh, first of all, Richard, thank you for having me this morning. It's a pleasure to be here to talk about Voices of UDEL. Um, you're right. It, it sort of kicked off in December, but it began much sooner. Um, we, we had been having a, a, a lot of discussion about some of the things going on on campus. And, and, you know, for me, putting on my community journalism hat uh, and, and, and seeing that people were having, you know, these sort of disparate discussions about really important issues. So I said, well, why don't we figure out a way for people to come together, have a, a common format, and, and, and you know this from, from being in journalism, you do a lot of man-on-the-street kind of things. So, and though what the... The wonderful thing about those is that people see what other people are thinking and perhaps figure out that there's some commonality there, even though on the surface it may appear that they have disparate views. So, you know, with that sort of thinking, uh, I have been playing around with a few ideas and, and partnered with the, the Office of Communications and Public Affairs, with Deborah Hayes and, and uh, Meredith Chapman and, and eventually Holly Norton and uh, my good friend Ashley. Uh, and, and we said, well, why don't we do this in a social media electronic format? It'll be easier to manage, and people can actually see each other, and 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 hear one another. And it's something that we can use to um, really facilitate conversation and understand, perhaps, ultimately, how we're all a lot more connected. But well, this is directed conversation. I mean, this was this grew out of the unrest that was gripping the nation in November um, about the shootings in New York. And near my home in St. Louis and Ferguson, certainly those those were the, the centerpieces. But it, it actually was a lot broader than that too. Um, there were, you know, in any organization or in any community, there often are a lot of difficult conversations taking place in certain corners of that community. And so the goal here was to hopefully cultivate greater trust and create a safe place for people to speak and be heard. And uh, in a university, it, it seems that we sort of have an obligation to do that um, and to really bring those difficult conversations to the surface so that even though we may not agree, we do it respectfully and we at least bring those issues together and allow people to feel welcome and people feel valued. As a modern global university, we have people from dozens of countries. Absolutely. From multiple racial backgrounds. Absolutely from multiple ethnic backgrounds, from multiple religious backgrounds, 
and yet we need to try and make this one cooperative community. Right. I mean, if you, if you look at it in a much, you know, um, more personal way, you know, I'm a person of a black person of African descent. I come from a low income neighborhoods, mostly uh, black and Latino. But because of various academic opportunities and various athletic opportunities, I often found myself, you know, the only person of color in the room. So let's just say uh, I have a lot of experience making rooms go quiet <laughs> and uh, turning heads. Uh, but I often had to remind myself, you know, you know, your great grandmother marched on Washington with Dr. King. And she did that for a purpose so that you could be here. So there's no cowering, and you have the obligation to her and to many others to make this work. And also, you have to um, advocate for yourself, but also respect other people, and that's important. And, uh, you know, in situations like that, unfortunately, the onus is on the person with the least amount of power to to, to sort of put that bridge out there. But... Uh, but once you do that, you often find that, that people will, will come toward you and embrace you. And, and, and that's another sort of theme to this. Before we get into some more of the content that's been happening with the hashtag Voices of Udell, let's talk a little bit about how often are you trying to produce videos? What, what, what's your eventual hope? I mean, right now you're pushing content, but I yes. know you're hoping to get a back and forth going. So right, right now we, we're just trying to establish a safe place a safe place where people can be heard, uh, people can be seen, and people can be valued. Uh, and the important lesson here is that silence um, is really an, uh, uh, thwarts that kind of connectivity. And, you know, a distrust lives in silence. Fear lives in silence. Anxiety lives in silence. So if you can create a place where people come out and they speak their minds, they share their voices, we can hopefully create a safe place where people can be heard and seen and valued. And the only price of admission here is that you're respectful and that you own what you say. And that's important because that sort of negates all that sort of negativity that comes in silence. Now, I think you've been having Ashley put out videos about once a week. Once a week. Yeah. Once a week. And so right now we're pushing content, but ultimately – Using this hashtag and social media, you're hoping to, well, we want people to, to sort of embrace it. And eventually, as we've established that safe place, people will, will latch onto it and continue conversations wherever they are. So as Voices of Udell grows and people begin to embrace it, because it's really, at the end of the day, it's really a resource for our community, a resource for people to have those difficult conversations and maybe discover that there are really a lot, a lot of connectivity here between us. And so we, our hope ultimately is that people begin to embrace it, people begin to use it, and as they begin to have that hashtag discover, hey, you know what, I'm over here with this club or I'm over here with this group or I have this particular identity, and there's some things over here that perhaps we can discuss amongst ourselves and help as a means of helping us sort of integrate more into the broader community. Now, links to this campaign are available directly from the university's homepage, www.udel.edu. They're also readily available in YouTube. Uh, you can go directly to the university's YouTube channel, or you can search for hashtag Voices of Udell. Absolutely. And another thing, Richard, you know, um, while this is taking place in a, in a virtual world, our hope is that people actually have real conversation face-to-face. -face. That's important. That human connection is really important. You know, we live in an in a information age, and, 
And although we have all this information out there, it doesn't necessarily mean that we understand each other more, but that understanding comes through having face-to-face, one-on-one connection. You and I have talked about that, too. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, um, I've got a colleague here, and you do, too, yes. Ivan Henderson, um, communications guy from University Museums. And he's from Berkeley, Missouri, which is the suburb right next to I Ferguson. I love people say Missouri. I love that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's valuing the diversity. I was raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Yes, sir. No, St. Louis, yes, Missouri. Sir. But then spent a lot of time out in Columbia, Missouri. Uh-huh. But anyway, Ivan is from Berkeley. I'm from the city of St. Louis. Uh-huh. And when those shootings first happened, when the shooting first happened out in Ferguson, he and I had a man-to-man conversation Absolutely. about his experience of St. Louis metro area as a person of color and mine as a person of the Caucasian persuasion, mm-hmm. um, even though you know went to an integrated church, rode the integrated buses, sat in integrated stands at Bush Stadium and all that kind of stuff. And I think he said something to me that was really important, and that was these are issues that works so much better when you're talking person to person. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, it's funny. You talk about the Midwest. I actually lived in, in central Illinois for, for quite, a, quite a time, uh, about four years to be exact. And uh, I remember telling my mother, um, I'm moving from Philly in the Bronx out to the cornfields <laughs> of Illinois. Uh, well, where is that? You know, where, what town is that? I never heard of that. What, who, 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 what's going on? I said, calm down, lady. It's okay. Uh, I have a job, and but I'm doing this as as a means of of, of what you, exactly what you're what you're talking about. You know, those kinds of conversations and those kinds of, of seminal experiences take place when we create vulnerability for ourselves, where we put ourselves out there. And you know, going back to what I spoke to before about you know um, making a lot of rooms quiet. You know, having those over the course of a lifetime gives you that confidence to say, "Hey, I can step out and do anything." So moved halfway across the country in, a, in an environment that really wasn't that racially or ethnically diverse, but really made a mark and really had an opportunity. I learned what the tassel and corn is and <laughs> all, all, so, you know what I mean? all sorts of things that, 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 that a city guy doesn't really experience, you know, and I, I learned, you know, all sorts of things about farming, all things, sorts of things about, you know, living in the Midwest and culture. And it, and it created a wonderful experience. And it also, and, 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 and this is important for, particularly for this conversation on a university campus, it made me a better professional. Having that experience not only changed me personally, but it made me a better professional. It made me more marketable because I, I, I showed that I could operate and be successful in any sort of venue that you put me in. And I was able to sort of, I was able to really, you know, build those bridges with leadership and the community and at, that was that was around the, right before nine eleven. So there were some things going on that that really um, had come to the surface. And because I had those experiences, I was able to help build bridges even in that community. Yeah, we we talked last week about some of the experiences yes. I had out in the middle of the country. I'm she, teaching um, English as a second language. Yes, and you know, being at a social event with my students, and all of a sudden at a certain time. The croquet game has to stop. <laughs> Big discussion breaks out about which way is Mecca yeah. and it's prayer time. Right. You know, and, right. and those kinds of things. It's those are really important kinds of experiences to bring to not just the university campus, which is 
but to the whole, you know, your experience as a citizen of the world. Absolutely. I, I was, as I said before, um, I was in Illinois during 9-11. And at that time, uh, I worked for a big Fortune 50 company, thousands of people. And we had uh, a, a big um, population of South Asians. And because of a lot of the, the racial dynamics at that time, post 9-11, uh, they really felt isolated, didn't feel included, and they really were scared. And as a communicator, you know, my job is to help to help build those communities. And so, again, stepping out there, uh, trying to reach out to people, uh, I just got in my car and just drove to the, to the section of town where, where most of the South Asian population lived and just got out of my car. And you said you went to a cricket match. I went to cricket matches, soccer <laughs> matches, uh, learned how to cook different foods. You know, to this day, when I get sick, I still make um, turmeric milk, which is something that I learned. <laughs> you take some coconut milk, some turmeric, some honey, and it, it, it gets rid of all the inflammation in your body. I never would have known that before. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of things even to this day that I sort of benefited from having those experiences. But more, more important, Richard, you know, it helped negate some of that fear that they were having. Right. That someone actually reached out to them. So what I did, because I ran all the, the publications, I started doing all sorts of spotlights on that, on that particular part of our community to help show people, hey, these folks over here are doing some wonderful things. Um, let's get rid of, let's not have this sort of xenophobic mentality. Let's see each other as human beings because at the end of the day, we're all a lot more connected than we understand and a lot more connected than probably we even realize. Well, I think the people have listened to us talk long enough. Let's give a, a listen to two of the students that you have included in the Voices of Udell campaign. Yep. Um, Akila Alain and Ayana Gill. As a nation in general, we, we're always going to have a different opinion about what's going on. But I think what's really important is if you can just understand where someone else is coming from, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to agree with them. What we can do is we can start a dialogue here on the campus. And that dialogue is that this campus is for all students to have a voice and for all students to have a knowledge of each other as well. So that um, would also mean respect for each other. Akila and... Ayana are getting right to the heart of the matter, Absolutely. aren't they? Absolutely. You know, the, the, as I said before, Voices of Udell is a resource, but it's a, it's a resource that's owned by all of us. It's a shared resource, and it's only as good as the amount of effort that we put into it and the amount of intention that we put into it. You know, I, I, I really think these two students really hit on something that's just really a human, it's a human dynamic. You have to get to know one another. We've talked about this. We keep talking about this. You know, the xenophobia, fear, distrust takes place in silence and distance. But if I can just put myself out there and say hello, if I can just put myself out there and just visit you, shake your hand, ask a question, and give you the benefit of the doubt, it changes everything. The other thing, though, that they really hit on is that whole idea of knowledge. Mm -hmm. We don't have to agree, but it sure helps to have the discussion, to understand each other. Absolutely. I remember when we first started doing this, people, people would ask all the time, well, what if people don't get along? And I would say, okay. Well, what if people don't agree? That's okay, too. That's a, that's a part of having a community. And, I, and so I always, always often ask the question, do you get along with everyone in your family?
<laughs> what's Thanksgiving like at your house? <laughs> you know, what's Christmas like at your house? I don't know, but but baby, I've been through some weird some weird situations at Thanksgiving and Christmas. So hey, uh, so you know, if everyone gets along in your family, you know, hey, you you are you are nominally. But on a, in a community like the University of Delaware or a professional environment, mm-hmm. getting to know where other people are coming from helps you interact with those people in positive ways. Absolutely. And e- even if you don't agree. Even if you don't agree. And in some ways, you know, we think of conflict as a bad thing, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, it can create opportunities for us to see one another. And when I, you know, I keep saying, notice I keep talking about conversation as opposed to just talking, as opposed to just communication. Conversation is about you valuing me, I'm value, valuing you, and I'm listening. I'm listening first, meaning I'm, I'm providing an opportunity for you to be heard. So that, that's important, even if we don't agree. We have to respect one another. It's that I know some people are uncomfortable with that. They think the idea is to get everybody to agree with you. But it's really get everybody to understand where you're coming from and see how, I hate to sound like, you know, the... Yoda? The, yeah, but, <laughs> but, it, but it's like, you know, see how everything can come together so, so, so the company or university or the classroom can flower. Yes, sir. You, you told me last week about some studies about diversity and, in the corporate world. Absolutely. Uh, there are studies in corporate America that show that companies that are more diverse, inc- not just gender, but and not just from a perspective of ideas, but racially and ethnically diverse, outperform companies that are less diverse. There are actually... They make more money. They make more money. They outperform them. So they're actually venture capitalists who use that as a metric. If Does a woman head the organization? What's the diversity like? Because they know that's an indicator of success. And we've said often at the University of Delaware, uh, the president has said it, the provost has said it, uh, diversity and inclusion are ingredients for our success. Again, let's listen to an entire one of these um, Voices of Udell clips. This is the one that, Ashley, you think you posted this one on February 2nd. Um, Ashley's amazing. Isn't she? Yeah. She's taking our pictures today, and Morgan, the intern, is with us. Yay. (laughs) Um, But this one is called uh, Working Toward Inclusion. I'm just going to go ahead and let this play. As UD increases its diversity, uh, what can be done to create a more welcoming environment uh, is to really uh, create safe spaces in the university all around. If we have this kind of community and environment of safe space where we all across campus uh, are inclusive and understanding of of one another, uh, we're going to continue to be a place of inclusion. I feel like as UD increases their diversity, it's all up to students to make it a more welcoming environment. I think that a definite way is to have support groups for every type of different background, you know, different races, different cultures, all that. We have a lot of foreign exchange students that you see around campus, and I think having support groups for all of them um, would definitely help them feel more comfortable, and in turn, it would make everyone feel more comfortable together. What I'd love to see more of is more situations such as this, um, just real conversations that students, staff, faculty are having with one another. 
ideally what I'd love to see is everyone just taking a farther step out of their comfort zone to really get to know one another and acknowledge that their life experience could be totally different from one another and have a real interest and desire and thirst to really get to know those other stories from other people. You know, Richard, those are amazing voices. And and what I hear uh, in those voices is the link between having this understanding but also having intention behind it. Um, You know, one of my favorite quotes uh, was by a Chinese philosopher who said, to know and and to act are one and the same. You can't just intellectually say, oh, I want this to happen or I want to get a – want to get along with this person or I want these groups to get along or I want to create an environment where this takes place. You really have to have action behind it. And that's part of what this project is about. Um, you know, you're, we're, we're trying to achieve true understanding through intention and... But have, it's the conversation and, but, the con- but, but, and making the conversation absolutely. generate a safe space where everybody feels comfortable. But I have to... But at the same time, I have to have a level of self-awareness and understanding of myself to really be interested in you. Right. You know, part of why you and I got along so quickly is because we saw very immediately that we were interested in getting to know one another, even though we did, hadn't met before. And, and so you have to also have that self-awareness and that ability to, to really have that openness to mm-hmm. another person and be able to display that openness to another person in order for, for that to happen. And, not just be open, but to understand, learn to understand the other person. How can this, how can this relationship build into something better profession, for us professionally, for the university, and so on? Personally, everything. You know, Rock used to say, it ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. You know, that was <laughs> one of my favorite lines from old school hip-hop. So, so, so really, I mean, that's really a philosophy for life. It doesn't matter. I don't, you know, if I'm in Central Illinois in a cornfield, I'm in south side of Chicago, I'm in Miami, we get in the room... You know, we'll figure out that we have a lot in common, and we want, probably want a lot of the same things in life. What well, Joanne's and I discovered early on that one of the things we shared, even though we're from different backgrounds, is that, well, over 100 pounds ago, I ran college track, yeah. and probably 20 <laughs> pounds ago, he ran college track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've put on a lot of muscle weight since then. I, I, don't look like, I don't look like a runner anymore. I look more like a fullback. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, it was one of those opportunities, as I said before, that sort of opened doors for me. I, I went to school at the University of, of Maryland on a track scholarship in the ACC, a uh, very tough conference. Uh, I competed a lot around the city of Philadelphia. I went to high school in West Philadelphia. And it just opened a lot of doors for me that, again, gave me those opportunities to get to know people, people from Indiana, people from South Carolina. And, but I, by that time... I had created a process. I created this sort of identity for myself yeah. that said, hey, I'm not about shutting myself off. I'm going to learn everything I can from these experiences. And if I'm going to go someplace, I'm going to learn something about it. You know, we didn't discuss this ahead of time. No. But I think one of the things that is really cool is the role that sport can play mm-hmm. in helping people communicate. I was raised in the city of St. Louis. And some of my absolute heroes as a little kid were Bill White, African-American first baseman for the Cardinals, sure. <laughs> you know, um, Bob Gibson, sure. you know, African-American pitcher from the ghettos of Omaha, um, you know, Orlando Cepeda, an African-American from you know, Latin America. Um, and, and you look at um, what Nelson Mandela was smart enough to do when he first came 
out of jail and was trying to you know, reform South African culture was he got behind mm-hmm. the Lily White Springboks mm-hmm. and tried to get the whole country behind, you know, behind that, that national rugby team. And, but the thing is, and I, and I think this is an important point, it can't just stop there. Because right. sports can also be an inhibitor. Right. You know, because you might... You, it's you, a you, starting you, place. It's a starting place because you might feel, well, wow, I'm the only person of color here or I'm, I'm, I'm the only woman here or whatever. And the only thing people want to talk to me about is sports. So does that say that I don't have the capacity to talk about issues going on in the Ukraine? So as long as it's that you don't stop it there and you use that as a bridge to get to know one another on a more personal level, uh, sure, absolutely. But you, but but it's not just. But again, it's not just sports. You and I have found, you know, even commonality through you being from the Midwest and my having spent a, some time in the Midwest. <laughs> and I said, "Detailed and corn," and you kind of laughed. <laughs> You're like, "What? Where did this come from? How do you know that yes, from I, Philly?" I spent time both in Missouri <laughs> and Missouri, as we said earlier, <laughs> and I know the difference <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, you know, again, I think the other part of this is we we we, we talked about this. It's. It, it can it can make you a better person. Mm-hmm. It can create make you a better professional. I'll give you a, a quick example. Uh, as a kid, I grew up near an urban stable, and the stable was positioned between row houses. Philly is a, a city of row houses, and the projects in the park. The, the stable were were staffed by um, folks who happened to be white in a black neighborhood, and that created a bridge for me through horses. And it lasted, it still lasts for me to this day. So I remember being a reporter, a freelance reporter, um, and saying, okay, well, I have my own time. What do I want to do? I went out and I volunteered on a horse farm. So I drive an hour and a half out of Philly, West Philly, in my car. It actually had a bullet hole in the side. (laughs) (laughs) And I go out to his farm and work and and muck stalls, because that's most of what you do when you work on on a stable. But that experience was a life I, I I'm not minimizing by saying it was a life-changing experience. I met some wonderful people uh and I got to know these wonderful animals and it taught me a lot about even communication. In fact, I wrote my my graduate school essay to, to Syracuse University about that experience, about how it allowed me to gain even broader communication skills by being with these wonderful animals and these wonderful people who cared for these wonderful animals. And as long as people understand that life is about experiences and life is very short, we have to figure out, we have to figure out ways of getting along. Whether it be sports, whether it be a love of animals, whether it be the arts. Yes, sir. I think we find as we communicate that there are points of commonality, but not, yeah, we like the same pictures or we like the same music, but commonalities about discussing and appreciating these different cultures. Absolutely. So throughout my travel, matter of fact, two weeks ago, I was in Philly, met a woman who owned some horses, and we, you know, we sprang into like a 40-minute conversation about, she's like, I was, I'm sorry, what, how, do you, how do you know this? <laughs> what, what, what are you talking about? And I was like, Miss Lady, I've, I've been through it all. I've, 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 uh, I've, I've been stung by electronic fences. I've, I've uh, been nearly kicked. But I said, you know, I've had these wonderful experiences, and I, and I never, I hardly find anyone in Philly who can talk about horses, but thank you for this experience. What this really gets to is it's just so important for whatever community you're in, whether you're in the University of Delaware community, the Newark, Delaware community, or any place, to develop these conversations yes, with sir. people and to create safe space for conversation with others. And at, at a university setting where you have um, 
so many students who are trying to decide where do I go in life, what do I do, how do I develop the skills to, to do what I want to ach- and achieve what I want in life. You know, the university setting is, 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 a, is, a, is, a, is a practice area, if you will. It's a practice field for really putting in place um, the kinds of things that you want to achieve. And, and having difficult conversations is something that you will encounter throughout the course of your life. And the more you can develop the skill set and the emotional intelligence to effectively deal with situations that are difficult and to bridge gaps with other people, you will be more successful in life. Going back to you know my business background, I remember there was a study on MBAs at very prestigious universities, and they found that people who were able to have relationships were much more successful in, in, in life. Joanza, this has been absolutely great. We're going to have to have you back. Oh, please, please, please. <laughs> and, folks, you can find information about the Voices of Udell campaign at the university homepage, on Twitter, if you go look for the hashtag Voices of Udell, or in YouTube. Joanza, thanks so much. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Campus Voices. The views expressed on this program are those of the individual guests and do not necessarily reflect the official views or policies of WVUD or the University of Delaware. For more information about Campus Voices and to find archive copies of this and other episodes, visit our website. Using all lowercase letters, go to www.udel.edu slash campusvoices. We invite you to tune in every Thursday morning at 8.30 for Campus Voices on 91.3 FM, WVUD, and WVUD HD1, Newark, or online at wvud.org.